Welcome, welcome, welcome to Interesting Enough. He is Trey Samuel. I am Nolan Todd. We are back. Thank you guys so much for joining us per usual. Um, of course, if this is your first time, you know, go ahead and please give us a follow on Instagram, like and subscribe to the pod. Uh, we got a quick show for you. We, we, obviously, we were passed with the news of the, the Brian Flores lawsuit in the NFL. And, you know, Trey, as you as everyone knows, you know, we obviously got to talk about this on the pod. It's like this is like our wheelhouse bread and butter situation. So we kind of wanted to come on and drop a pod for you guys. But, you know, I mean, Trey, we talked about this, you know, off air on nauseum, but I don't know which angle you want to go with the Brian Flores situation. I mean, there's so many angles we can go about it. And obviously, I think everyone knows at this point is national news. I mean, I don't know if you want to go with the Broncos or the, the Dolphins angle. I mean, just to update people as of now, as of recording this, of course, um, he was in contention for a couple more jobs, particularly the Saints and the Texans. Both of those jobs have now been, excuse me, have now been, uh, I guess, no, no, are vacated at this point. So um, it looks like Brian Flores is out for this year and then I guess potentially going forward. So, uh, Trey, what's your overall feelings on this? I know kind of a little bit when it first came out, but now that we've, you know, almost a week removed, has anything changed for you on that end? Um, well, I think my overall feelings are pretty much the same as they were a week ago because the way I look at it, like, at least as you of me, as far as we go, we've had conversations about this in years past. And I think most people kind of know that there's a a race issue in the NFL. Right. And as far as uh, what I mean by that is not the players or anything, but just as far as upper management, coaches, GMs, you know, the league, let's say 70% black, and then you only have one black coach right now. I mean, that's just kind of crazy. I mean, now you have two, I think, because with Lovey Smith and then, and Who Mike, was it that Mike, Mc, yeah, McDaniel. So he just got hired a, a couple of days ago for the, for the Dolphins. Of course, our coach now he's biracial. Um, so you know, obviously, and and there's a there's a couple of minorities like Robert Sala for the Jets. He's a minority. Um, so yeah, there's yeah. a couple, and then there has been like to, to be fair, and I'm not defending the NFL in any way. <laughs> that won't happen. But there has been other black coaches. It's just like you know, the problem is this guy's been fired too quickly. And but I'm gonna say, but it's like like David Coley and uh, with the Houston Texans. Well, that was set up to fail from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. If you were set up to fail, and the thing is, okay, you do have black coaches and that's been in the league. I'm not going to debate that part. But the issue, too, is that it just doesn't appear as far as the optics go that they get a, a fair chance. And what I mean by that is they go to the worst teams, they're relegated to the worst teams, and then when they have a bad season or two, which is to be expected, they're fired. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, when so. you look at their counterparts, it's just like they, if they go to a bad team, like a white coach goes to a bad team, he might get four or five seasons where a black coach might get a season, maybe two, and then they're gone. And I mean, I, you know what's tough about it, and that's a good point. It, there, there's a lot of different angles. I think also in the NFL, you know, you, you got to start at ownership, right? Like there's only really a handful of good owners in the NFL. If we're just being real. If we're just keeping it honest. There's only a, a handful of good competent owners. Most of these guys are – too heavily influenced by the fans or they, they try to put their mark. They're not really football guys, but try to make way too many football decisions, right? Like you got a lot of those guys and they're trying to make, you know, quick decisions and they want to pull the trigger on the, this quarterback. You know, Trey, we talk about it all the time. Well, you and I have talked about it. Like maybe we should let Tua develop, right? It's Think yeah. about this. It's already, it's it's only been year two with Tua and everybody's like, it's, it's got to go. It's got to go. And because like you see Burroughs in the Super Bowl and you see Justin Herbert and, and granted, he may never be those guys, 
but doesn't mean he won't be a good quarterback and people are already ready to jump ship. Heck, people were already were ready to jump shit after his rook after the first year, and he was coming off an injury. So the point being is people are always, you know, these owners are, are in that type of mindset. However, it does feel like, you know, when you go through the list of black coaches, it does feel like they get a shorter leash, for one, um, i.e. Jim Caldwell. You've heard his name a lot. With the Lions, he, ha- he was fired off of a winning season. Brian Flores fired off of two winning seasons, right? Um and then you also got the situation with Flores, and this happened with him, and you know allegedly, and this also happens with other coaches allegedly, uh, especially African American coaches. You know, you're asked to tank, right, and do these things to put your organization in a better position for a draft pick, but then you get fired because your record's bad, and then you can't go to other jobs because they're, they're just going to look at your record as face value and be like, oh well, you know, you were five and eleven. It's like, well, you don't really know the full situation, right? You weren't at you didn't have a lot of talent there. You weren't asked to do a lot of things. So it's, it's just really, really hard. Um, and I do want to bring up an example, Trey. This is kind of just turning over to basketball. You know, if you look at there's a couple of coaches in basketball that had this discussion. It was Steven Silas with the Rockets and, you know, J.B. Bickerstaff, of course, with Cleveland. Now, Cleveland's good this year. But originally, he was basically given that job after being in the league for a long time and was destined to fail. Uh, Trey, a couple of years ago, Cleveland was going nowhere. Right? Yeah, like, they were the worst team in the league. And, and, and not even the worst in the league, you didn't look at their talent overall and be like, there's a, some guys to build around. Now these guys have developed. So I give him credit. Steven Silas, I mean, Trey, he got handed the James Harden situation when James Harden was fat and out of shape and coming to camp. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a horrible situation to have to deal with is your first year. So that's just an example in a different sport. But it's just kind of like some, you feel like these guys, when they finally get this opportunity, they've been assistants for 20 years, you get an opportunity like that. Like, why doesn't, you know, I'm with Stephen A with the points like, Steven Silas has been here for 20 years. I mean, he couldn't get the Brooklyn opportunity. You know what I mean? Steve Nash walked into the Brooklyn opportunity. And I know we talked about this at that time. And you walked the opportunity with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. I I don't know. It's just tough. And what what I will say for all the owners for NFL and NBA, both leagues, Mm -hmm. even though there's an issue there, I'm not going to make it a big deal about it just because there's nothing you can really do about it. Because how can you tell somebody who to hide? You, you can. can. That's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. And now, what I will say is, it's disappointing, like morally, when you look at these practices. But I mean, come on, we know the world is not really based on morals, right? It's just based on what you can do and what you can get away with. And at the end of the day, these owners, like, how are you going to tell somebody that's a billionaire, hey, you need to hire this coach, or you need to at least consider this coach? They're not going to do that. And the problem They're gonna is they're going to stay with, within their groups. That makes yeah. them feel comfortable. Like, oh, I was good friends with Bill Belichick, and he says that this coach is good. So I'm just going to hire this coach. I mean, that's just how it goes. And the problem is, is like, you know, the Rooney rule is a bless, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, right? So it makes you bring minorities in. Yeah, but I mean, well, the idea of it is good, right? Like at the time, it was like, okay, great. We get more opportunities. But the problem is, and you hit it on the head, we, we can't change the mindset of these owners. Like, you could tell me I got to bring two minority coaches in. But like oh. Brian Flores said, it could be a sham interview, right? Like, we, I can't make you take this guy seriously. Nobody can change the mindset except for public pressure because public pressure insinuates that you might lose money if the fans start to revolt. And like, the best example for that right now is the Houston Texans. They just hired a black coach, Levy Smith. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, the only reason they hired him was because of this lawsuit. And they want to hire a guy by the name of Josh McCown, who's never coached in the NFL. Yep. He's not even he's a high school coach, not even a head coach in high school, not even a head football coach. He's just a regular high school 
uh, position coach. Yep. And that's who they wanted to get. But with this backlash coming from the lawsuit and all the bad publicity, yeah, they, yeah, they can't go that route. And they went with the Lovey Smith, which I guess in a sense, it's kind of like, okay, that's the point of the lawsuit to try to get more black coaches. And, and by the way, the, the McNairs, as far as their ownership, has already has a history of, you know, some, you know, some, a lot of some racial things that's happened over the past couple of years too. So yeah, there's been some rumblings. Right. Exactly. So it really would look bad if they just hired a, a non-black coach at this point. But yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yes. I guess the lawsuit again, uh, is kind of working in that sense because that was the whole point, but. I think it's more of a sham hire. I don't think he's going to have a really legitimate shot to win there or to be successful there. I think he's going to do one season, maybe two seasons. There's already some reports that uh, Josh McCown is going to be the quarterback coach, which I'm pretty sure that's what the McNairs want him to do. Yeah, you know how that works. Grooming him into, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, we just know how that goes. Now, now I mean, the thing with, you know, the thing with Lovey Smith is, at least his benefit, he has been a previous head coach in the league, right? Like, so he has that history. And remember, he was already all the defensive coordinator last year. So now that, yes. that's just an easy promotion. So he was with the staff. That kind of makes sense. I believe kind of like you and pretty much anybody with a head and even a heart at this point, Brian Flores was going to get the, one of these jobs in this cycle, if not for this lawsuit. And he knows it. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it, right? Like, that's just if, – if you're denying that, that's ridiculous. Like, you know that that was happening, okay? Because everyone – Trey, we, we talked about it on this pod – what was it? Two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? We, we literally talked about on this podcast how it was ridiculous that Brian Flores got um, fired in the way he did. And if we go back to the pod, I don't know if you remember, but I'm pretty sure we said he was going to get a job in the cycle. Like, I'm pretty oh, sure we, we, had, we probably had said, oh, that, we didn't know what team, but there was like five or six openings. If, if, if we go back to that pod, it's like, yeah, he's getting one of the jobs. I don't know. What oh, but that ain't happening no more. Yeah, that's not happening anymore. So it's unfortunate, and he may not have an opportunity for a while, if if ever. ever. So, I don't think he's I don't think he's getting back in the league. And, and you know, look, he's had his opportunity, and I understand his his position. You want to get opportunities for other guys because there's a there's a whole host of coaches in the league. How about um, what's my guy um San Francisco? How about D'Amico Ryan's? He's the defensive coordinator for San Francisco. That great defense. I don't remember him. What about Eric Bieniemy? Right? There's a couple guys. That, oh, Byron Leftwich. Or Byron Leftwich, right? Now, Byron Leftwich, apparently, he had the Jaguars opportunity. You know, he he wanted the, um, I guess, the general manager there to go. And, and see, and that's when we had to get into the nuances. And I really, like I said, I'm right. not going to get a long, I'm not going to get a long soul boss. But normally, the coach can bring in their own GM. He wasn't afforded the opportunity. But that's when we get into the nuances. It is what it is. And, 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 here's, and here's my thing. I just wanted to bring up this. How do we get, because we, you and I both agree. It really, a lot of these changes can only really happen if we get some minorities in the actual ownership groups and like in, in, in higher positions in the organization. Now, it's tougher in the NFL because you can't just pull your money together and buy a team. The owners do have to vote you in. I don't know if a lot of people yes. know that. So, like, but also just the price point is not like the NBA would get buy a team for five hundred million, which Michael Jordan did a couple about a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Can't do that in the NFL. It's a well, lot listen, more money. I remember when what was it? What was it? The Panthers a couple years ago when they were their ownership group was selling. I remember it was like P. Diddy and Steph Curry and a couple, you know, these guys have legitimate wealth. We're like, hey, let's pull together and create an ownership group. I mean, it is possible, right? Like you have to take, you know, have people that take these leaps of faith. But also at the end of the day, they, you know, it's an ownership group. You, you got to have these guys as the face, but you got to have people actually running their organization, right? Like Steph Curry and P. Diddy don't really have time to be on the day-to-day at the Carolina Panthers. Let's be honest. So, you know, that's kind of one of these things, you know, is but, them, you know. What yeah. the what the idea is that even though they don't they wouldn't be dealing with the day to day, Steph Curry and P Diddy would 
be more likely to hire people that look like them. So with that being said, those same people wouldn't be opposed to hiring a black coach or a black GM or any other position within that team. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just don't know how, how it gets infiltrated. I guess my question would be, what is our solution? Because how, how do we get, you know, how do we get? I don't think there is one. Okay. So you don't think there is one. I think the only thing you can do is just, again, you know, we, we've seen female coaches coming to the league. I think the 49ers had the first female coach, but mm-hmm. we haven't seen an influx of that. You know what I, you want to know why? Why most of the owners are old men and they're not going to hire a female for that position. The only way you can do that is you start to have female owners. Well, the issue is a lot of these ownership positions don't open up that often. Again, you have to be voting. In. And then the second thing when you're dealing with at least the minority population, it's a lot of money. Even the rich people, like when we're talking about the African-American community, even when you're talking about P. Diddy and Jay-Z and whatnot, like when we're talking about the Panthers, they sold for $2.2 um, $2. billion. So that's nothing to scoff at. Right. So you just need you need a lot of money down. Unfortunately, there would be it's a, a whole deeper topic that our community yeah. just doesn't have like that. Yeah, and it's like even if it's like and I mean, I think Jay-Z's net worth is a billion, but outside of that, I mean most of the influential you It's know, a billion, but then he's gonna have to team up with another billionaire. And then on top of that, another billionaire. Right, right. Well, I'm just saying in my example that he's just an anomaly when it comes to that. Most of these guys are Net worth is four or five hundred million, right? Three, yeah. four, five hundred million. So it's like, and JC's like one point five right now, right? So yeah, they like you said, they'd have to pull it together, and you like you said, it probably goes into a deeper conversation about how we get generational wealth as a community, right? And and how we are able to get into these doors. So I mean, I think the the lawsuit overall is just a microcosm of the country. That's what it kind of feels like, and I think you know every black person waking up the next day. You know, you, you kind of relate to that, whether you're talking about NFL or just in the regular workplace, right? So I think but that's before we leave off this topic, I don't want to just say black people, I just want to say minorities in general as well. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Minorities in general. So I mean, I'm not ignoring the plight of all minorities, but that's just kind of how it feels like. And, and I really hope, you know, I'm going to keep tabs on this. And, you know, I, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, I have a little icky feeling about watching the Super Bowl. I know you, we, you and I talked about it. I do too, but, but we're going to do it. But we hold it, do before it. we move on, did you know Rihanna is worth $1.7 billion? I just wanted to add that in there. I didn't know that, but I had a feeling she's got to be because I think it's been like six years, I heard, since she's actually dropped the album, which I didn't realize it's been that long. But we you know, know she's 1. got all the... seven. Did you, one of the Jenners? No, Rihanna, 1.7. Oh, I thought you said who was. Okay, so yeah. So, well, because you know... Uh, she makes all the it's like all the Fenty products, right? Like so, that's all her thing. Yes. And then I heard something about I think it was one of the Jenners or something like that. They make a lot of money off of just. Oh yeah, one of them is like a billionaire too. Yeah. Right, off of just like the I guess it would makeup. You know, yeah. Somebody will probably correct me in probably like the makeup products or something like that. So, hey man, they, they move her money out here. But no, I mean, but look, man, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I want to keep it light in terms of the Super Bowl. Unprecedented matchup, Bengals Rams. Try before you even tell me who you think is gonna win. Who, like, what are you actually most looking forward to the Super Bowl? And the reason I ask that is because I feel like every Super Bowl, you kind of there's always something. And not to downplay this one, not to you know, we're football fans, so I mean, I'm just saying to the average fan because like last year, it's like okay, Brady Mahomes, right? Like the new generation, old generation. You, you, I can probably pick something every year. This one, I'm kind of convincing myself of a couple storylines, but like this feels like I saw somebody say it online. It's like, this feels like when you do a franchise on Madden and it's like eight years later when you sim it. And then this feels like what the Super Bowl <laughs> matchup is like, to be honest. 
So, like, what are you looking forward to most in the matchup first off? And then I guess, you know, what do you think is going to win? Well, I think uh, the first thing I'm looking for as far as this matchup goes is just the offensive output. Um, you know, mm. was it when you saw a couple years ago, it was a really low scoring affair. When you saw the page, I mean, not the page. That was the a, Can I just say real quick that yeah. if we get Super Bowl like that again, I can't do it. I, I'm sorry. I but see, that's my that. point. Yeah, that was it was kind of boring watch. <laughs> not kind of. I mean, thirteen to three. Come on. Yeah, man. it was a boring watch. Okay, let's be honest. It yeah, was. It was horrible. But yeah, it was horrible. But we've seen that even last year, like it was a blowout. You saw offense. You saw one sided offense last year. Yeah, wasn't great. Yeah, I think this is as far as the Rams and the Bengals go. You can see a really off, I mean, just a really explosive offense on both sides of the field. Mm-hmm. Now. With that being said, I still think the Rams is just going to blow the Bengals out of, like, just out of the Super Bowl. Like, they're just going to blow them out of the building, period. Now, when you say blowout, are we talking, like, Seahawks-Broncos blowout when they played Peyton Manning? Uh, and it, no, no, no. That was that? a college football score. I'm not talking about anything okay, like okay. that. Okay. Because, you know, they got smacked from there. I was like, okay. Yeah. What I mean is, like, 28-7. to 7. Oh, that type of situation. Okay, wow. Yeah, like where it's just like, okay, it's, the game's not ever close. Like even in the third quarter, it might be like seventeen. They may make a run three, but we know. Okay, even though it's a two possession game, the Bengals really can't do anything. It's it's all in the Rams' hands, and I just think that's what I think that's really what it's going to come down to because I think Von Miller, Von Miller, and Aaron Donald, I think they're just going to wreak havoc on that Bengals O line, which has been a poor O line for the last two years. You know, Joe Burrow, we talked about it off the pod. I think he was sat nine times last week or the two mm-hmm. weeks ago. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just not going to cut it against the Rams. So here, here's what I want to say. I kind of – I don't know if it's going to be a blowout. And here's why I'll say why. I here, I will agree with you on one respect, though. I do think this, this Super Bowl is going to be a Super Bowl of explosive plays. And when I say that, I'm saying, like, Trey, I would not be surprised if you get a couple touchdowns, 30, 40, 50-yard touchdowns. Also, I, I think there will be explosive plays on defense. Like, I'm talking about, you got Von Miller, Aaron Donald. I don't, I'm not surprised that if there's a strip sack and scoop and score. I'm not surprised that there's a Jalen Ramsey's pick six type of situation, right? Like, the, I think there'll be exciting plays. However, I do think that the offensive line thing is a little overblown in the respect of, now, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and Von Miller. I mean, it's, this is serious. Like, I mean, but I think Joe Burrow, just because he doesn't flinch, is like, if they're able to withstand some of it, he's going to make a couple plays in the game. And if it is, I'm really looking on the other side. If the Bengals defense can kind of play, like we talked about, Trey, how they played in the second half of that Chiefs game, and if they could just hang around, I think it's in the benefit of, of Burrow. Because you and I both know this. Burrow can get smacked two, three quarters. He'll kind of figure it out. Like, they'll fit, like as bad as the O-line is, he'll figure it out and – Jalen Ramsey's great, but he can't cover everybody. And Eric see, when he's been figuring it out. My issue is he's been figuring it out against pretty bad. De- well, I don't want to say bad, but like subpar defense, like the Chiefs. Okay, but but can I be fair? Can I be fair in this respect? Yeah, go ahead. And you watched the Rams and and Forty ers game last week or two right. weeks ago. Not gonna lie, the Rams were kind of getting toasted for a good quarter, like a good for at least the first half, in terms of they were not making any stops. It's just they made a couple of plays, and the Rams. 49ers were just so anemic with Jimmy Garoppolo made it easy. Um, the Rams have proven, um, we'll talk about the Tom Brady situation, how they got the, remember how they came back on them, right? Like the Rams, 
defense has made a lot of explosive plays and they have explosive players, but I'm not going to act like they haven't been, you know, people have gotten some work on them. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to put it out there. It's not like they've been, this ain't the 2000 Ravens where they just not giving up yards. They're just making explosive plays when it counts at the end. So, yeah. so I'm just saying in that respect, I expect them to make a spo- explosive plays, but I actually don't think the Bengals will have too much of an issue moving the ball on them. Like, that's what I really think. So I think it comes down to on the other end, if the Rams can get off to a good start, because you know how it is. If the Rams get off to a good start, then they can, you know, and force the Bengals to have to pass the ball, then the pass rush gets going and then it's harder. But I think if the Rams, if the Bengals have a chance, they have to like actually play like they did more of the second half of that Chiefs game and be like really stingy, which they're, they're, the, they're the defense, they're the unit that nobody's ever talking about, but they actually have a pretty good unit. So, I mean, overall, I'm probably going with the Rams. I, I think overall, but I mean, I would say I'd be pretty shocked if the Bengals won again. Like I, I think I can go out on them. I, think I just I'd don't be see that. So, yeah, I don't so, see it. So you'd be, that's what I'm saying. You'd be you'd come on the next pod and be like, "This is absolutely re- like crazy." If Joe Burrow won it, because like, but if he yeah. does win, hold on. If the Bengals do win, I think we need to start having that discussion. Is Joe Burrow the best quarterback in the league? Is Joe Burrow the next? Mm. You know how we're kind of anointing Patrick Mahomes just the next. I don't want to say Brady, but just the next big thing. Yeah, man, he's still only got one Super Bowl. To be fair, he does. Yeah, right now he's been with the four, four AFC championship, championship games, two yeah, Super Bowls, but he's only but got yeah, but one. Only one Super Bowl. Yeah, two Super Bowls, he only won one. At a certain point, you know, this is Joe Burrow on his second year. Is it like, okay, is Joe Burrow, is Joe Burrow that guy? So here's the thing: you're right. If he wins Super Bowl, he's got. We have to have the discussion. Like that's not. It, I mean, there's nothing else you, a guy can do. You won a national championship. You had to, what one of the greatest years of all time. Won a Heisman. Um, Won the Heisman, then you came your first year, looked pretty good, but got hurt. Then your your first full NFL season, you win the Super Bowl. You're probably second or third in the MVP voting. I mean, you got to be in that discussion. I, I mean, I, I would still probably lean Mahomes personally, but I, you got to have the discussion. I'm not mad if somebody's like Burrow. Like I'm not mad at that recent, but especially if he goes and wins the Super Bowl after doing this pretty primarily on the road, aside to the first game, and. And especially too for the legend of Joe Burrow, if he's able to like win the Super Bowl in like a you know a two minute drive situation and like come back and be Joe Cool, that'll be big for him. Like that'll be big for him too. So I don't know, man. I- I'm just hoping for a good game. I'm gonna be honest with you, like you said, the last couple of years, I mean, this has been ridiculous. I mean, I think we got a pretty good game. What was it a couple of years ago with the 49ers and-, and Chiefs? That was a pretty good game. Yeah, that no, 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 that, that was a pretty good game. This one you can't complain about. Yeah, so I'm I'm just hoping overall for a good game. I'm hoping for some good commercials. Like, please, 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 with some good commercials. You know, I know Doritos is going to give me money, Trey. Doritos is going to give me money with the commercials. Does GoDaddy still do commercials? Because I remember, you remember they used to do all the controversial Yeah, they used to do it. Yeah, so I think it's like GoDaddy does good ones. Budweiser does like the, like with the horse, right? Like they do. Yeah, like the, the horse, though. The, I can't think of the name of them, but yeah, they had that name. Yeah, so like Doritos, there's probably a couple other brands now. So yeah, no, I'm Clydesdale horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. So I know I can't wait for the Super Bowl. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Rams. If I had to give a score, Trey, I'm gonna go like. Ooh. I'm gonna go like 34-20. You no, know no, no, no. Yeah, actually, I'll stick with that. I'm gonna go like 34-20, something like that. What are you thinking? Because I, because a part of me, and while you're thinking, I'll, I'll just throw some time here. A part of me feels like it's going to be high scoring. 
and I kind of want to change my answer even saying that. And then a part of me feels like it's going to be like 1910 or something. Like it just, I don't know. I, it, could, it could just go either way with this because I just feel like there's so many, you know, things overhyped. You know, I'm changing it. I'm changing. I don't care. I'm changing it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 23-13. I'm going to go 23-13 Rams. That's what I'm going to go. I'm going to go 23-13 Rams. I'm sticking to that. I think there'll be a couple field goals. I think the Rams will win the game. I'm gonna go 24 to three rounds. <laughs> it's a complete <laughs> Joe Burrow don't even get a touchdown. I mean, I guess Mahomes never got a touchdown last year, which was probably the most surprising thing. Yeah, because it wasn't like 36 to nine or something like that. Whoever had to bet or whatever on Mahomes not scoring a touchdown or the Chiefs not scoring a touchdown, they probably made a lot of money. Nobody probably bet that first off, but nope. like, yeah. So I don't know, but nah, man, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for the Super Bowl, but. Um, no, nah, this has been great, man. I mean, obviously, we'll, you know, drop a pod after the Super Bowl. We'll get our reaction out of that. I want to thank everybody for joining us like usual. You know, let us know in the comments what you think. I mean, this is a, a hot topic with this lawsuit situation. I know people have some thoughts about it. What What's the solution, right? Like, if there is a solution, I, I definitely want to hear from people below. What do you think can happen going forward? But, you know, I want to thank everybody so much for joining us. And, you know, Trey, I'll leave it to you. Uh, again, you know, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, again, later on this week, we are going to have a uh, special podcast. Uh, we're going to have a friend on. Yes, sir. About basketball. So I just want to let everybody know that we are getting to gear as far as basketball, where we start having some deeper discussions about that. So let us know your favorite team as well. And maybe we could just discuss that on a pod. Yes, sir. Thanks so much. Peace. Thank you.